Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash cultural stew. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That you dare to dream really do come true. Someday I'll wish upon a star. Hello and welcome to Cultural Stew. This is actually a special edition, special, I don't know, like a Barbara Walters special, but it's a Valerie Vidmar special. And I have a guest with me. We're going to talk about Judy the movie. My guest is Casey Costello. Hello. Uh, You want to talk uh, about yourself so that people know that you know what you're talking about? (laughs) Well, I'm certainly not not going to flatter myself by by saying that, but... Go ahead. Flatter away. I am a singer and I perform music. As a matter of fact, I did a, a show entirely dedicated to Judy Garland called Get Happy, the Judy Garland songbook. So Judy Garland has I didn't been... know that. It was one of my Fringe Festival performances. Oh, cool. Uh, two years ago, actually. Oh. At School of the Arts. I did it in, in Rochester. And you're a Judy fan. I am a diehard, cradle-to-grave Judy Garland fan, yes. I've had a signed album of hers, which has been hanging over my bed since I was 13 which album years is old. It? Uh, it's called... Um, the Garland Touch. It's a, a Capitol Records, 1962, and it was <laughs> also signed by Liza Minnelli. So it's signed, Seriously? signed by Judy and Liza. Yep. How did you get that? How did you buy it on eBay? I bought it on eBay when I was 13. So how do you know it's real? I have. I can't be sure. I mean, it comes with not certificate of authenticity, but you know those things. Did you look up there? Did you look them up and see if they look right? Oh yes. I mean, I've I've compared it against their signatures. Do you feel like certainly. the price was saying yes, this is real? It was it was a steep price, especially for a thirteen year old's budget. Um, you buy a lot of stuff. <laughs> that was cool for that. Yes. that time of your life. <laughs> anyway, but we can move on. Um, so. Judy. Judy, actually, um, this has been out in the theaters for a little bit, so I apologize for not getting um, this review out earlier. And I know that there are places in Kansas that did not get Judy, which is sad. Ironic, actually. (laughs) It is ironic. (laughs) That is ridiculous. And it's the places where she would have... Where, where, yeah, where um, the beginning of The Wizard of Oz would have taken place, probably. Yes. But believe it or not, people, Kansas is still, it, it's not in a sepia tone. <laughs> we are in color. Um, in fact, when I we went to go see Casey and I and Zoe, my daughter, and Harper, my daughter, for on Harper's actual seventh birthday, we went to go see... Um, the Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz at the Dryden Theater in a in an original thirty five millimeter Technicolor print. Cool. And Zoe or Harper said, "That doesn't look like Kansas, Mommy. 
And then when we when they arrived in Oz, when she arrives in Oz, I guess I say they because of the because of Toto. Um, she said, "That's what Kansas looks like." <laughs> she is, you know, she's a doll face. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. So Judy is played by Renee Zellweger, who is known for lots of things. I mean, if if you're on, you could know her from. Uh, Chicago, or you could know her as Bridget Jones, or you could know her... Cold Mountain. She was nominated or, for Academy Award for that, or, I think. Yes, or going way back, she was uh, in Jerry Maguire. I loved her in Jerry oh, Maguire. Oh, I love that. I, I loved her in Jerry Maguire, You too. had me at Hello. Yeah. And I loved I loved her in that movie. She yeah. was a doll. I think that... I don't know. I felt like there was a little bit of like a, I didn't get, did she get nominated for Chicago? Yeah, I believe so. She may have even won an she award. Did, I, I don't think she won. I'd have to, because uh, I, I would have to ask Alexa about that. Yeah. Alexa's <laughs> not in here. Echo, did Renee Zellweger win any awards for Chicago? This might answer your question. We'll find Renee out. Renee Zellweger has won 30 awards, including one Oscar. Three screen actors one Oscar. And three Golden Globes. One Oscar. One Oscar. For what? Alexa, for uh, Echo, for what movie did Renee Zellweger win an Oscar? Cold Mountain? Possibly. The Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress in 2004 for Cold Mountain. Aha! I was right! Yeah. For Cold Mountain. Okay, so... However... How do we feel about Renee and Judy? Judy, Judy, Judy. Well, I will be the first to say that when I first heard about the biopic, um, having followed, you know, Judy's Judy's career up until this point and the, you know, the... She doesn't have a career at this point. <laughs> you need not rub it in. Sorry. I, I mean... I mean... <laughs> the media attention surrounding Judy up to this point. And right. so I was aware of the the origins of the film long before it came out, when it was just in pre-production. And when it was announced that uh, Renee was going to be portraying Judy, I was very skeptical. Me too. Uh, and I even said that on the show, which Ron gave me hell for. I, I listened to that. I listened to it. Oh, yeah. But I, <laughs> okay. I agreed with you, though. I, I agreed with you. And I did not think that she was going to do a very good job. You know, one thing that you may not know is that some years ago... Anne Hathaway was supposed to play Judy Garland in a biopic. Um, So it was originally going to be Anne Hathaway with a totally different screenplay. Uh, And personally, I was always upset that that film didn't come to fruition because Anne Hathaway has more of the Judy Garland look naturally. She does. Yes, she does. She has the eyes and everything. And and just Renee Zellweger, you know, she's a good actress, certainly. Um, But... And man, can she get thin? She did. I didn't expect her to get as, got, as gaunt as she did. She got thin for this. She got thin for Chicago, too. The woman can just drop weight. <laughs> it's unreal. These actresses that have to do that, it's awful. And it is, actors. Yeah. I don't know how they do that. But um, the movie is was uh, directed by Rupert Gould. Gold? Gould? I think it's gold, but it might be Gould. It's G-O-O. I think it's gold. Oh, it's gold. Rupert Gould. Which we decided hadn't really 
directed a lot of things that we knew. Yeah, he seems, I, I'm not really familiar with him, uh, other than his IMDb credits, which list a number <laughs> of Shakespeare things, which yeah. he's done, which wouldn't seem like the most logical choice for a Judy Garland biopic. Yeah, I'm not sure. But the writers, let's see, it's actually based on um, a stage screenplay, a straight, a, a, stra- <laughs> a stage screenplay, no, a stage play, End of the Rainbow uh, by Peter Quilter, but it was the screenplay was done by Tom Edge, who won a BAFTA, right? Yes. Won a BAFTA for uh, writing for The Crown. Or no, SAG. He, he got a SAG. SAG nomination for The Crown. He got a BAFTA for something else. Oh, the BAFTA was for... Or, oh, don't, sorry, not SAG. SAG is Screen Actors Guild. He Writers Guild. He got a Writers Guild Award nomination for The, the Crown. Okay, good. And a BAFTA for... Thank you for... Something else. Yeah. Okay. Okay, good, because I got confused there. But you did not, so that's good. Um, I would say that when I was done with the movie, I felt that she did a wonderful job. She did a great job. But when I saw... Okay, so when I saw Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, they used Freddie Mercury's voice for the singing, and I appreciated that. Um, they did not do that for this movie. They did not use Freddie Mercury's voice. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm joking. I'm being, <laughs> sorry. They didn't use Judy Garland's voice. They used Renee's. I, I think Freddie Mercury's would have been closer than than Renee's. <laughs> um, but so I was. That was a dis- that was disappointing. Yeah. But I feel like we were supposed to be in the moment. It, you know, we were just kind of supposed to be. In the moment of the movie and realizing, but the thing is, is that her voice is so known. Yeah, it's 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 not only iconic, but it's inimitable. Yeah, it, it cannot be imitated, and and so I really felt that even though there's obviously a suspension of of disbelief that you have to accept when you go to see any Hollywood film or any film, particularly based on the life of, of a real person. But nevertheless, I felt it would have it would have added it would have it would have helped me to suspend my disbelief had they dubbed Renee Zellweger's voice either with Judy's original recordings or with somebody contemporary who could have done a capable job of of imitating her. Right, and they show her as a young girl because they have flashbacks of her. Um, Doing the Wizard of Oz, um, being in the Wizard of Oz, and I am not. Oh, Darcy Shaw played young Judy, who also didn't look a thing like her, not a thing no. like her. Which there were times though when Renee would turn a certain way, walk a certain way. I could see Judy. Yeah, I mean, she really. I I did I, I did yeah that was amazing but um the, she had her mannerisms down pat I will say that so I was a little disappointed uh, with their choice there but and the girls' acting capabilities were eh yeah I mean eh, she was yeah I mean I know she was young she they, was supposed to be young but still we basically if you haven't seen the movie already I, it's probably. I don't even know if it's in theaters anymore, honestly. Um, but you'll be able to see it soon. 
I'm sure, on Amazon or Redbox. Um, it's probably at a dollar theater, actually. It maybe it's. I'm sure it's still at some indie, you know, chains like uh, like in Rochester. It's probably still at the Little. Yeah, this so this actually is um, based on just. Well, it's based on the play, and the play, I, I suppose, is based on just a certain time in her life. It's the last. We do not see her die in the movie, which I was happy about. I did not want to have to see her die. Um, they just they tell us at the end um, via like epilogue, like, postscript yeah. type thing. Yeah, but it's it it portrays the last what. It's it's approximately the last seven to eight months of her life that it's supposed to portray. But it doesn't work out because of her marriage. Yeah, there's there's several things in terms of the timeline that they took took liberties with. For instance, well, for one thing, uh, they claim that she met her then to be husband, soon to be husband, Mickey Deans. Uh, shortly before her London engagements in 1969, which is the subject of the film. But in reality, she met Mickey Deans in 1966 when he was managing a club in New York City. And he he apparently was sent to Judy Garland's apartment to deliver her pills. And right. so he was essentially was like one of her drug dealers before he was her husband. And she also... I would say this is uh, this is nitpicking a little bit. Uh, she didn't actually go to London in in early December 1968. That she was in New York in December 1968 because there are are performances which you can still watch on YouTube of her appearing on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson mm-hmm. and on the Merv Griffin Show. The video's lost, but the audio still exists. Both in December 1968. So. They moved up the timeline for some reason. I don't know why they do that. When people can just check that. Yeah. I don't understand. But they did that with Bohemian Rhapsody too. I don't know. I, I don't know why I keep comparing. They're not even in comparison. Um, I would say um, Renee probably takes up about 90% of the film space. I mean, yeah. her face is on this <laughs> whole thing. I mean, she is the film. We have people that come in and out of her life, including her children, um, and even Liza is in it. Well, Liza is portrayed in it. Yeah. That was a, another poor portrayal. Yeah. It's not that I want somebody to go up there and be, you know, a uh, impersonator, but I want somebody to be an impersonator. <laughs> <laughs> I do because I just I want to hear them talk I, I, like Liza yeah. talks and I want them I didn't She's... I don't and honestly I I don't know how Judy Garland spoke very well I mean so I don't know if she did a good job with her speaking voice or not she did a pretty good job with her speaking voice for that time in her life you know her voice changed so markedly during the different periods of her life the 19 mid to late 1930s the early 1940s to the late 1940s the 1950s the 1960s her every decade of judy's life 
her voice sounded markedly different than it did in the previous decade. And so it really, it depends on what, what time period you're going by. But in terms of late 1960s Judy Garland, she had her voice uh, pretty well down, which is more than I can say about Liza. Uh, first, oh. I will say about... Poor Liza. Well, the thing about Liza's, I mean, the girl who played Liza, I mean. I see. Oh, I see. Yeah, not Liza herself. Okay, gotcha. I, I, I love Sorry. Liza, mind you. I've seen her in concert. Shush. Will you stop? <laughs> he does that all the time. Oh, I have that autograph. Oh, I've seen them in concert. Oh, I, I, I met them. Oh, I had dinner with them. I stayed in their home. I passed her a note backstage. I gave it to her bodyguard. Are to, you joking right now? I, I, I did. Did I, she say anything? I told her how much I loved her, and and I asked oh her gosh. if she would please sing Liza with a Z for me. <gasps> I love, I love Liza with a Z. I love that song too. But she didn't say it's it. It's Liza with a Z, Z, not Lisa with a Ness, because Lisa with a Ness goes nuts. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. But uh, Liza, okay, one thing I was going to say about Liza in the movie that just bothered me, I'm sure very few other people were bothered by this, but she really only has one scene in the film with Judy, the character of Judy. Uh, she has more of a cameo appearance. And... But when she sees Judy, it's at a party, supposedly, in Los Angeles, and she refers to Judy as mom. Now, unless you're a diehard Judy Garland fan and you've seen a lot of interviews with with Liza talking about Judy, you wouldn't necessarily know this, but she has always referred to her every time I have heard Liza speak about her. She's referred to Judy Garland as mama. Not mom, not mother, not mommy, mama. It's a very interesting mess up i mean this is where people don't do their homework mm-hmm. i mean and that, that's not hard to do yeah I, I, which is odd because if you got the part you would be looking and you could probably ring that up and say look this is incorrect and i should call her mama like you know, you know what i mean if you're doing your homework as an actress but you know yeah. this is something that you know she's going to have to learn <laughs> so, I don't yeah, know. I don't fault her too Gemma much. Gemma Lee Devereaux. <laughs> Is it Gemma? Gemma Lee? Gemma. Gemma. I think it's Gemma Lee. Gemma Lee. Gemma Lee. Probably Gemma Lee. That's a very British sounding name. And Gemma Lee Devereaux. Devereaux. I love Devereaux. It's very nice. Yeah. Um, she gets married to... Ugh, he's just obnoxious. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Is it... Mickey Deans. Mickey Deans. Oh, yeah, Mickey Deans. Yes. Because I was thinking of Mickey. Because she, um, Mickey Rooney, she had lots of little films, cute little things with Mickey Rooney. And they have a scene with them together. I don't, I didn't understand that scene. Mm-hmm. Because it seemed like they were in a movie. Yeah, but it, it wasn't, because it was filmed oddly. And then, I don't know. She seemed so sad and lonely at that point. And she thought that they were more than friends or something. I don't know. If that happened, I don't know. But she mostly was more in love with the cheeseburger in front of her that she <laughs> wanted to have a bite of. And as soon as she takes a bite, don't they rip it out of her mouth or something? Yeah, they tell her, yes, they rip it away from her. And then they which, give her a pill. Which is probably, you know, a drop. That, that particular incident probably never happened. I heard jumping into the pool. I would doubt that that ever happened Where either. is a pool? Well, 
on at, um, the at the MGM soundstage, they have pools. I've actually been on these studio tours, and I've seen the pools that they have. Uh, and MGM, Metro Goldwyn Mayer. We do not get a good picture. No. <laughs> so um, she has. So she goes. They have these flashbacks of her in. The Wizard of Oz, of course, and she's having these, um, well, it, with these talks, I guess. I don't know if they're talks. I don't know what you call it. With uh, Louis B. Mayer, correct? Yes. Yes. So, um, who comes off as a complete jackass. <laughs> to put um, it mildly. I know. And he's basically telling her, he did say she was overweight. He said that the only reason that she was there was because of her voice and if she didn't cooperate, they could just get they could get rid of her. They could get anybody else in there. It, it, that was very odd. I mean, they were. She couldn't eat. She could. She was. She barely slept. Yeah. They were. I'm really abusing her mentally, and verbally. I just. It was sickening to see. And well, where is her mother? Her well, first of all, Judy had a horrible relationship with her mother. Okay. Uh her mother was she she referred to her mother as the real wicked witch of the west. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh she did not have a good relationship with her mother. She did have a good relationship with her father who was actually a closeted he was in, in the closet. He was actually gay. Oh. And he died oh, of They say that in the movie, right? Yes, uh, they allude to it. Yeah, okay. yeah, they allude to it. Uh, and he died. She had a great relationship with him, but he died of meningitis when she was thirteen. Oh, she actually, God. he actually died on the very night that she made her first radio appearance. Uh, he was in the hospital dying while she was on the radio singing and had just signed her contract with MGM in nineteen thirty-five. Oh, that's awful. So her mother was the only one left to take care of her, and her mother was awful. Uh, she was the one who first got it or started on pills because she wanted her to be productive for, for Louis B. Mayer. And so they basically worked in tandem to, to force, you know, in, in, make her an indentured servant to MGM to produce film after film after film. Uh, Judy's own account of the situation uh, before, obviously, long after her, her tenure at MGM ended, and before she died, she said that there were times when she would get uh, four four hours of sleep, mm. at which point she would be woken up by her mother or one of her handlers at the studio, would be given amphetamines to, to pet pills, mm. and then she would work for 72 straight hours oh. and then get to sleep for four more hours. It's like my husband. <laughs> I mean, except for the amphetamines. Um, just kidding, Jason. Um <laughs> But I would say, just to swing back, because you're doing wonderful with the history and the background, and it's, it paints a picture. It definitely paints a picture for what we see on the screen for this film. I, the one thing I did, I don't know if it's historically accurate, is the fact that I did feel her pain as a mother. I mean, I cried. When she had to leave her children. to, But you're saying she didn't go to London. 
So she didn't she didn't leave her children? She did go to London. It just wasn't as soon as they implied it was. Okay. She went to London in like the last week of December 1968. They just implied that she went earlier in the month. Uh, which she didn't. She was in New York and made several... Oh my gosh, you're you're really getting picky here. Yes. Wow. Okay, so... <laughs> they're saying she went maybe a couple weeks earlier, earlier than she actually did. So, they don't do that. Get it accurate. Um, but she did leave her children with their dad. And she, and, and she lost custody of her children yep. to him. Sid yeah. left. Yeah, she did. Which was also... Heartbreaking for me. I, I just, the whole thing was heartbreaking. The, she she was broke um, because she had owed like half a million dollars. Is that right? Half a million dollars to, to the IRS. IRS the year before. It, it's, it's, it floors me when I find out these types of things about famous people who have, who are legends or whatever. And then they have gone through these times when they are broke and they, she was broke and she was homeless I mean, they show the scene where she's getting kicked out of the hotel, et cetera. Um, perfect. The one thing, you know, that I was sad that was not true of the film was that she had the most delightful dinner with two of her greatest fans, <laughs> you know, um, this, this wonderful gay couple who were unable to see her the first time she was there and then were... Um, then she comes out and she's exa- you know she's just out of it but she's starving she's like really hungry so but it was what time was it it was it was like two o'clock in the morning and no they couldn't find anywhere so they invited her over to make eggs which ended up being nasty <laughs> yeah. sorry it was pretty nasty eggs they poured they poured cream into the eggs to make it special <laughs> fruity or something I don't yeah. know but um. It was lovely, and they and they played the piano. I mean, and the whole thing was really lovely. And guess what? It that it never happened. <laughs> that it it did not happen. Um, but I think the sentiment behind it it, it did it did happen in, in in such that she had a wonderful relationship with her fans, and she was such a personable and kind human being. And even though she could be snappish and she could be a diva at times and short-tempered, she was all, everyone who has ever met her, who I've, who I've seen write about her has said that she had the most kind and generous heart. And that's one of the reasons that the gay community identifies with her and and because of her struggles that she had, you know, at that time, uh, you know, her death coincided around the time of the Stonewall riots and, there's mm-hmm. been a lot of a lot of things have been written that those two events were actually pretty closely connected that her death was sort of like the impetus for a lot for the gay movement uh so they have always you know the the gay community has always sort of gravitated towards her as an icon as somebody who is a a, a good who's a good person but with such a, a troubled life who's who's had to hide so much of herself to be accepted mm-hmm. first by her mother and by the studio system and by the public and then by the her husbands. And speaking of the public, they have a scene. There's another scene that never happened hmm. that I was very touched by where she is standing on stage. She is completely out of it. Um, and she's trying to sing over the rainbow. And she, she sits down 
what happens? She she sits down. They they make it they they the way they she, portray it is they have her sit down and she's like overcome with emotion, overwrought, and she can't finish it. And then the audience stands up and helps sing it for her and finish it. And then she just is like, "Oh, I love you know." And that did not happen. No, no. But what happen. a great cinematic <laughs> moment, right? Yeah. Sorry, I just. All these cinematic moments um, that, well, theatrical, I guess <laughs> I should say theatrical moments. Um, I would I would be interested in knowing how closely it followed the stage play. Do you uh, know? I, I did. Uh, I read that there was, oh, I can't remember. I, I was reading about the stage play and the difference between them. Uh, oh, there was one scene actually in the stage play from what I've read online <clears throat> where Judy visits in London, she visits a, a gay, like a gay cabaret and someone is in drag impersonating her while she's there watching. No, that would have been interesting. That would have been interesting. Uh, Don't know if that's true, if that ever happened, but they, they said it didn't oh, make the final cut. That's too bad. Yeah. You know why? Cause they probably found a better, <laughs> I'm just kidding. The impersonator was probably, <laughs> Doing a better job of singing, and they couldn't do that because here's Renee singing. I have heard many men who are Judy Garland impersonators who sound more closely like Judy than Renee Zellweger did. You know, Renee, I love you, but you know it's not her fault. They did her disservice. I'm not sure if it was her. I'm not sure if. I mean, you gotta give her props for trying. I. She got out there and, and did it. But, um, you know, I guess you could say it was sort of like Joaquin Phoenix singing Johnny Cash. However, I was not, I mean, I am not a, I didn't listen to Johnny Cash so closely that when I heard Joaquin Phoenix sing it, I was upset. In fact, I loved Joaquin Phoenix singing it and got the album. Um, Kendra did too, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, she loved she loves that movie, and she loves Joaquin Phoenix. So does singing. my mom. She was watching it last night. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and he does such a wonderful job. I'm gonna hopefully we'll talk about the Joker on our um show on our next show. Um, not the Joker, just Joker. Sorry. Um, but he did get ripped off there. He get ripped off. I feel that. Because Academy Award season is, it's 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 creeping up, it's creeping up here. I mean, we're only in October yet; they're releasing some movies that I'm feeling like they're trying to get in to uh, the race here. And do you feel like she deserves a nomination? I definitely do. I think, I thought so too. I think she has a better chance at a Golden Globe than an Academy Award because yes, uh, the Golden Globe is administered by administered by the uh, Foreign Press right Association Association, and because this is a British film, her chances are better simply because of the the voting members. Uh, whereas the Academy, the you know the Oscars are definitely more Hollywood centric, and indie films like this usually get sort of neglected. Um, so I think she, I think she has a good chance of being nominated for both a Golden Globe and an Academy Award, but she may have a, a, an edge in terms of winning the Golden Globe. Right. I think that her performance, I always feel that if I forget 
that it's the actress and I am believing that it's that it's Judy or whatever you know I I did I just was I didn't see Renee Zellweger for a long time in there and just felt like I was watching Judy Garland's life so um so brava I feel and and it should you see it I believe you should it's a movie that um I would watch if I was showing somebody who hadn't seen it I guess but it's not something that I would go to see twice in the movie theater alone so I would watch the first time by myself I believe yes um and then but I wouldn't go again so would you go again? I would go again uh, just because there was some, I'd like to evaluate it with a more, with an, a, a more discerning eye to try and pick apart some of the. You want to just pick it apart? <laughs> perhaps. But, you know, I, I just because I love Judy so much and I'd like to sort of reevaluate it. But I, I did think that the film gave, one thing I, I would like to say though is that it, it did, you know, my parents saw it with me and my dad, you know, said what what a tragic life she had. And one of the things that the film also does, even though she did have a tragic life, Judy Garland did not, even, while she was alive, she knew that people referred to her life as tragic. And she hated that. She said in, in numerous interviews that she did not want people to refer to her as tragic or a legend or, or anything like that. And... Um, one of the things that the film also captures, which is an important part of, of her personality, is what a sense of humor she had. Yes. She's, she was such a funny person, and she, she could have the audience... She could, she could arrive an hour late for the show and get half the words wrong to, to a, to a okay, song. Okay, here's the thing. And this cracked me up because... Uh, not cracked me up. Sorry. I, that's the wrong word. It it was one of those things where I'm listening and hearing that she was now in half late, that the the crowd started throwing food at her at Judy Garland and somebody got up on stage and demanded that she apologize. Now I uh went to see Madonna. She was an hour late. When my sister went to see Madonna, I think she was an hour and a half, two hours late. Nobody said a word. Yeah. And, and can you imagine excuse? getting up? I mean, Madonna would boot you. Yeah. But um, it's just absolutely the rudest thing. You, for one, you have no idea. I mean, if Paul McCartney, because I have to bring him up, because I, mean, I just <laughs> have to think about, like, who would be going to see her. I mean, you would think fans would be going to see her, Right. Not people that are so cruel to be like that. And if he was two hours late, all I would think to myself was, there's a reason why. There's a good reason. And And there certainly was a good reason in Judy's case. Yeah, there was a good reason. And I just, just to see people treating another human being who has brought them so much joy or has brought joy to so many people in the world and and treat her so poorly was really sadly that was uh true that was true and it, it was just it was gross i just i just i was 
You have that scene, and then you have the scene where she's forgetting things, and then the part that's false is the one where they're singing, and you're <laughs> thinking, oh my gosh, what wonderful people to help her sing this song. And that's false. But when they're throwing food at her, <laughs> it's true. I mean, I but, hope. Ugh, but it really made me angry. The well, the bright side is that yes, that would piss me off. I mean, had I been there in that audience, that guy would have been would have regretted throwing food at Judy Garland. Well, tons but of people did. They well, yeah, and and that is horrible and absolutely unconscionable. But that was only one performance or a couple of performances. But why? She, but don't these people aren't they fans? If they're uh, alleged up? fans, you know, a lot. Some people come just to heckle, <sighs> or come because they have a chip on their shoulder for some reason. And she had a reputation which preceded her as being, you know, temperamental and oh, probably like a diva. Yeah, but right. they didn't know everything else there was to know about her. But you know, one of the things that did not happen in real life, which they claimed happened. Uh, is that her talk of the town performances, which is where she was supposedly, you know, supposed to be performing. Renee was performing as Judy uh, in London. They they claim in the movie that um, she was fired eventually and replaced by Lonnie Donegan, mm-hmm. and that never that never happened. She did get booed occasionally, and they she did get you know things thrown at her, food and cigarettes thrown at her. But ultimately, uh, the concerts were considered a success overall, and she she managed to get through all five weeks and was never replaced by Lonnie Donegan. So I wanted to set the record straight about that. Why am I not finding this? I'm looking at Judy. Are we... Is this not... Maybe click movies. I don't know. Or perhaps if you click Renee Zellweger, it'll come up. I'm on Rotten Tomatoes. I was just seeing. I know that Ron right now is like, why are you on Rotten? To- why are you on Rotten? To- I'm writing Rotten Tomatoes. Um, why are you looking that up? I've already seen the movie. I did not look before, and I'm just curious as to what it what it gave the film. And um, wow, how many people? I always have to look. It says, it doesn't say how okay. many. The lo- <laughs> That's so weird. Can we just go with, Are you the trying? Rotten Tomatoes is being strange. But There you go, Judy. It's um, 83%. Which is good. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, and they had 83% and... 86% of the audience score, which I... So pretty close together. Yeah. I Well, this says it's still out there. Yeah, And for Pittsburgh. those in uh, Rochester listening, it's at, the, it's at Pittsburgh still. So you can still go to Pittsburgh Cinema and see it. Um, for those not have a drive, take a drive to uh, Rochester. It's beautiful this time of year, actually. Yep, rainy and cold. Anyway, but we will wrap <laughs> this up in saying that I would say see it. Um, although right now you know everything about it and that's okay, but, um, thank you, Casey, for being here and providing such great history, historical information. He's got all this stuff. He has like this album over here. And I thought, oh, of those, of those very performances, of those performances, 
Um, yeah. Well. And we can, I can see if I can uh, get some recordings on there and then we can do an intro and outro with that. I'll try my best. Mm-hmm. But, um, all right. Well, well, well go see you. Judy. And, and then see the real Judy. Go watch her real movies. Yeah, go watch her real movies. I mean, I... And go and something besides the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, I mean, let's see her do some other things. You know, Meet Me in St. Louis. Meet Me in St. Louis is my favorite. It's tied for my favorite movie of all time. Of course, there's some of her bravura performance in A Star Is Born, and so many other great ones. All the movies she made with Mickey Rooney, uh, The Harvey Girls too, in the Good Old Summertime, Easter Parade with Fred Astaire. I mean, I could go on and on. Even Judgment at Nuremberg. A lot of people probably don't know she was in that. I forgot that she was in that. Yeah. My mother didn't, but I did. My (laughs) mother would be sitting there shouting out, she was in this. She was in this. Nominated for Best Supporting Actress for Uh, that. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And we'll see you next time on Cultural Stew, the Cultural Stew podcast with... Hopefully we'll see, we'll hear Ron, Ron's voice. Um, But today it was lovely to have Casey with us. I'm sure that we'll hear from him again. Thank you. All right. I'm stuck, so you're going to have to turn it off. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.
what you've heard? Want to continue to hear more? Please consider Patreon. What is Patreon, you ask? Patreon is a content creator support site. A way for people to support the things they love and allow creators to continue creating the content that they love. Please consider heading over to patreon.com slash gfmedia and becoming a Patreon supporter today.